welcome to two inches off the ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. This is season two, episode three. Thank you for downloading this episode. My topic right now is to be announced. I'm going to speak from the heart today because I had a significant loss over a week ago and I want to talk about it, but I want to keep it uplifted and hopefully powerful and also you know, talk about what I've learned from this loss. So I'll think about the topic later, but right now I just want to speak freely. I really don't have an outline. I wrote down a few notes. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. On December 17th, 2021, my mother passed away and it was unexpected uh, from the date. You can see that this was less than two weeks ago, and it was pretty shocking for my family. She had been in and out of the hospital. She had been very sick, especially for the last several months, and it was really not a life to live. No one wants to live that way. She was in pain. She was suffering emotionally, mentally, obviously physically. She ended up going into the hospital for the last time with pneumonia, And then she ended up going on life support, and we were just afraid that my dad would have to make that decision, which we were preparing for to pull the plug. I think my mom knew that my dad was not capable of making that decision, or I shouldn't say it that way, but he would have been capable of making that decision, but it would have been extremely hard on him. They had been married for 52 years if you can imagine that. And that was his partner in crime. That was his life partner. So she ended up having a massive heart attack and passing away again uh, last Thursday. I'm grateful that that happened because it took a lot of strain off my dad to make that decision. What I'm finding is that I've tried to mentally prepare myself for this because obviously I know it's going to happen. My mother passed at 79 years old. My dad is 87. So obviously they're going to lead this earth one day. The whole thing has taken me by surprise of what's affected me and what hasn't affected me. So I thought the funeral would really affect me in the sense of I'm not into funerals. I mean, I don't know if anyone's into funerals, but I especially do not like them. And I really, I haven't gone to a funeral in years. And when I say years, I can't, I can't remember the last funeral or wake I've been to. That's how long it's been. I'm not into all the organization of it. You know, there's a lot to prepare for a funeral. I thought these things would annoy me. And my brother actually ended up taking care of the funeral arrangements. And he said it didn't actually didn't take that long, which really surprised me. So I wasn't involved in those decisions, not in a bad way. She had just passed so fast and I was up in my home and I couldn't come down and uh, she, and, and decisions had to be made on her behalf. So I guess it all worked out that way. The thing that's surprising me after her passing is I found out that I had found out afterwards that there had been some depression. And of course, my mother hid it. I 
I wouldn't have guessed it. I'm pretty good at recognizing depression signs in people. I really didn't with her. You know, she tried not to talk about her illnesses. She tried not to talk about her ailments, her pain. She tried to keep every conversation and text as positive as she could. Maybe they weren't all super positive, but she tried her best considering. And then my brother had found a journal where her first entry of pain was in 2001. That shocked me because I knew she was in pain for the last, let's say, 10 years. And I knew things weren't great, but certain conditions were getting better or they seemed to be getting better. They actually weren't getting better, but they seemed to be getting better. You know, I thought she was doing better. So the idea of depression never really entered my mind. And the fact that she was in so much pain for so many years breaks my heart. And that's the hardest part I'm dealing with right now is the fact that I didn't recognize the signs. And I know everything happens as it should. I'm metaphysical, just like you. I say that to you guys all the time. So, you know, I have to take my own advice. And I really do believe everything happened as it should. But it's still, you know, I still think about, okay, I would have gone easy on her on certain topics and certain things I wanted her to do and to start really cleaning out the house and clearing out a lot of things. I was really on her for that. And I would have backed off if I recognized that maybe, you know, all the collecting of things and all the shopping was a sign of depression. And, you know, if you're homebound, right? If you're homebound, if you're bedbound, if you're, you really can't leave the house and you really can't see people a lot of the time and go to restaurants, which my mom liked to do, then yeah, that makes sense that you would be shopping online more and you would be collecting more things. And I started to clear up some of her things and there were projects started. I couldn't believe the amount of projects started. Knitting projects, puzzles, books, all sorts of things that kept piling up over the years and it was her trying to keep busy and and also trying to have some pleasure in her life can you imagine being in pain suffering emotionally mentally and physically that must have been so hard for her unfortunately she's not here with me anymore but now I recognize okay this was her way of coping with the pain and that at the time, I should have backed off, right? I should have said, okay, this is depression. Let her have this because she doesn't have much anymore. But, you know, 2020 is hindsight, and she did not express that to me. I believe that was part of her generation of, you know, you just don't talk about your pain. And one of the things my brother said to me was, you know, mom did not talk about her emotions. He was absolutely right. So, you know, here's this wife and mother and she's suffering in silence. And you see that a lot from her generation. And I don't think it should be that way. I've learned from her. And by the way, not that she did anything wrong. She just did what she knew. And she was a tough cookie. This was a woman who had been sick many times with many different illnesses and she survived all of them even things that we didn't think were survivable she survived so she's definitely or she was definitely a tough cookie and I admire that about her but 
you know, I've also learned not to suffer in silence with my illness. I discuss it. I don't discuss it all the time, but I tell people that need to know about it. At the funeral, at the luncheon, when my cousins had asked how I was doing, I explained what happened. I explained it very briefly. I did not dwell on myself, but I just laid out the facts of what happened this past summer, fall. And that was it, you know? So I'm not in hiding about any sort of illness. And that's something that my mom taught me, whether she didn't realize she was teaching me or not, is if it works for you, be open and tell people that you're suffering. You don't have to be, you know, a strong mother or a strong woman or, or man or non-binary person, whatever it is, suffering in silence, you can express it. And I understand there's a fine line between complaining all the time because I knew someone who would complain about her health issues all the time and people got sick of it. She lost family members because of it, meaning they just stopped talking to her. She lost friends because of it. So I understand there's a definite fine line. You can't sit there and just bitch and complain and moan about all your health issues every time people text you or call you or DM you or whatever, which I don't. But when things need to be explained, things need to be explained. And I showed pictures to my brother and my father of what I look like when I was emaciated and they were pretty shocked. So that's all I needed to do. You know, I don't need to go on and on and on a picture. A picture is worth, what is it? A thousand words, something like that, a million words. (laughs) And that was something when I was sick, I made sure to take pictures of myself. I don't know why I think that was a weird thing to do, but now I realize intuitively, I just, you know, I just wanted to show people what was going on instead of, having this explanation. And that has really helped. That has really helped bring my voice out. And I don't know if you're someone who suffers from chronic pain or anything like my mom or anything like me, but it's good to have a voice. And that's what I've learned with this pain. It's it's good to express it. Of course, as I said, not dwell on it. And, you know, that's all you're talking about. You're known as the 90-year-old lady who's just bitching about her aches and pains. You don't want to do that. But definitely having a voice and expressing it has at least helped me. Another thing that my mom has taught me is community. I, I don't know if she had any community besides my family, definitely my dad, I don't know if, you know, she may have, I'm assuming a lot here. I'm assuming that she didn't have community, but who knows? Maybe she did have community. Maybe she did have an online support group because she was very good with the internet. She knew how to work. (laughs) She loved online shopping. So let me tell you, that woman (laughs) knew how to shop online and knew how to work the internet. She was a pro at that. So could she have found an online support group? Absolutely. I just don't know. She could have been on a Facebook group for all I know. I, I have no idea. But that's something that has been coming up more and more lately is, yeah, I'm an introvert and I'm a metaphysical person and I can do this shit alone and I can heal alone. Well, I can't. I've learned that. And that's something I had to really take into account and think about this past week is, you know what, I can, I need community. 
My mom needed community. We all need community, especially if we're in pain and we're suffering. And for me, I think that's been Clubhouse. You know, I go on Clubhouse and there's rooms with people with autoimmune disorders. There's rooms with people who want to heal from, you know, whatever they want to heal from. And I can tap into those rooms. That really helps. So something for you to think about too is, you know, a lesson my mom's taught me is community. Do you need community around you? Are you going through something right now where you need to jump on Clubhouse, uh, go to AA, find a group on Facebook, on Instagram, online, where you can talk to people who are going through the same thing that you are? Do you need professional help? So that community is really, really important. The other thing in this past week my mom has taught me is you really, as humans, we really don't know the depth of each other. We think we do, right? We think we do. We think we know our partners, our spouses, our best friends, our siblings, our children, but only that person knows themselves. Unearthing my mom's journal, I found that out, okay? Since 2001, this woman's been in pain and has not said it in 2001 and actually came to visit me in Eastern Europe in 2001 and I didn't hear a thing. The biggest example I have of that is I went to a doctor around 20 years ago just for some simple exam. It was in the area that my parents live And this nurse came in and she said, you know, she looked at my last name and she said to me, is your mom's name Mary Jo? And I said, yeah. And this woman, she looked at me and she said, your mom is my angel. I've had breast cancer and your mom is my sponsor. And I call her day and night. She has been there for me. She has talked to me. She has guided me. She is my angel. I I was in shock. My mom, again, didn't say a word. Didn't say a word that she does this, that she volunteers, that she's someone's sponsor. Not a word, at least not to me. And just to hear the influence she had on this woman's life was shocking. And I, I'll take that with me forever. I really will. So again, you know, of course, it's sad with knowing about the pain and the depression after she died, but the depths of her wasn't all sad. It wasn't all dark. There was some light too. Well, there was a lot of light. And with the light, she helped people. And I'm sure this woman was just one of many people she's helped. So that was a beautiful thing to hear about 20 years ago that always sat in my heart. And I've always thought about that. And I thought about what a wonderful person she is to help and sponsor this random woman. And mom, if you're listening, well, mom, if you're listening, first of all, don't fuck up this podcast right now (laughs) because the audio comes through and uh, you come through in the audio and it starts uh, doing something weird. You know, I'm psycho about audio, but don't do that. But mom, just know that I see you. I saw you. I, I, I see you for the well-rounded person you are. I see you as a full scoped, human being. And at the end of the day, I am proud to be your daughter. So I want to move on to some of the metaphysical things that have happened, because of course, we have to talk about the metaphysical in this podcast. The night before my mom passed away, 
I start a fire every night in our bedroom, or my husband does, but he was away that night. So I was trying to start the fire. And usually it's not a big deal to start a fire. I do it almost every night or, you know, many nights, let's put it that way. I could not start this fire. And I went to bed really early. I went to bed at 8 p.m. Could not start this fire. Luckily, it was just a warmer night, freakishly warmer. It was around 50 degrees. So I didn't really stress about it because the room was, you know, pretty warm. So I just ended up going to bed. I wake up at 1.12 and the fire is roaring. I mean, I'm not talking maybe, you know, a few sticks have caught on fire. The fire is a absolute roaring fire. I could not believe my eyes. Uh, and, and I knew, I knew that my mom was not long for the world. I knew it. And then the next day around noon, I got the call that she had passed away. So I really feel that was her message to me of goodbye and that her soul was starting to leave her body because she was able to say goodbye to my brother um, very quickly. And that was her goodbye to me. Now, here's a crazy part. You guys know I'm super connected to, well, spiritually connected to my friend, Melissa, who was in the last episode of season one. And that night, that exact same night, she couldn't sleep. She goes to take a bath and she starts to meditate. And I come through and then fire comes through right behind me. And she was actually going to call me or text me and say, hey, did something happen last night? Because I had this weird whole thing about you. Her deceased son, Alex, has sent me signs whenever I've connected with Melissa. So I don't know if it was, you know, maybe partially Alex sending a sign or they had connected or I I don't know, but I just feel really positive about that sign and that my mom is more metaphysical than I thought. I knew she was a little bit, but she wasn't overt about it like my dad. My dad is super meta. (laughs) when his time comes, I know I'll be really close to my dad in, you know, when he passes. That was really a lovely gift that she gave to me. And I treasure that. Then the morning of the funeral, I was at my dad's house. It's 631 and my mom's bedside alarm is going off. So I didn't know whose alarm it was. I knew it was on my mom's side of the bed, but I just kept hearing the alarm. And my dad said, oh, what's that? And I said, I think it's my mom's alarm. Or I think it's an alarm. So I go in, I shut it off. And I said, hey, dad, just so you know, mom's alarm was going off. And he said, no, it had to be my alarm. And I said, no, no, that was her alarm, 100%. I just went onto her side of the bed and shut it off. He couldn't believe it. He said that alarm has been off forever. So we think that that was my mom sending a sign and watching you. Everything's going to be okay. I'm here with you. And I just told my dad, if he keeps getting these signs, acknowledge her, you know, say, I'm with you, Mary Jo. I I hear you. I acknowledge you. I love you. Whatever you want to say, but that's what I'm going to keep doing as well. Then I got a lovely message from Tracy Shannon, who I've talked about many times, animal communicator who was in the first season of this podcast. And she told me 
that my mom likes hearing my voice. So to keep talking and Tracy did not know that I've been talking to my mom. I've been talking out loud to my mom. I think the day after she passed, I was feeding the cows and I said something like, mom, you you, you can finally see the cows now and you can see the farm because she had never seen it. She was um, too sick to come up here and stay. So, you know, I feel like she's here. She's in my house. She's you know, in a, in a nice way, <laughs> in a respectful way. And I feel her when I feed the cows. I really do feel her around on the farm outside. So I really, I really love that. And I really love that Tracy said that because I do talk to her and I'm going to keep doing that as well. My mother was beautiful, tough, opinionated, <laughs> incredibly intelligent, hardworking, dedicated, committed, and stable. The latter gave me the ability to fulfill my sole purpose. I've talked about in other episodes how my past lives were so chaotic and full of tragedy and trauma and turmoil that in this life, I've had the gift of stability from both my parents. I'll give you an example when we had this funeral, there was no concern about money, not because anyone's rich or, you know, anyone's wealthy. I I don't mean it that way, but just they had saved enough for, you know, the funeral and all the end of life costs and the luncheon. So I thank my parents for doing that, that not being something that my brother and I have to be concerned about. That was a really, again, lovely gift that my mom gave me. And just the last thing I want to say is, you know, this is more of a grounded 3D human thing I'm about to say, but we are humans, right? And this podcast is the metaphysical meets the practical. I've learned that with death arrangements, we need to be upfront we need to have a voice and we need to be prepared and it goes beyond a will. Yes, of course, please. I think everyone knows us have a will. You know, you don't want things stuck in probate. I've actually, (laughs) I've actually had to deal with something stuck in probate once and it's not fun and it's not pretty, especially for the survivors. It makes your life a living hell. But beyond doing a will, I know for me, I'm going to start to put together a PDF for my husband of everything that would need to be done if I leave this earth, right? From utilities, because I pay the utilities. So what are those accounts? What are those passwords? What time of the month do I pay them? Uh, What should you expect to credit cards, to closing them out, to my car, to et cetera, et cetera. And I know it's very human and a lot of people don't want to talk about it but that's something I'm going to start to pull together and I asked Craig to pull the same thing together for me the reason I say this is because I watched my dad and my brother be on hold for 40 minutes in one instance and then 10 minutes with the same company because they had to hang up because we had to go somewhere figuring out if my mom had a life insurance policy there which she ended up she didn't but they needed to figure it out before they closed the account. You never want your loved ones to worry about that. Again, my mom did nothing wrong. 
she passed unexpectedly. She had a very clear, I'm sure, will and, and other instructions. So she did a great job with that. But and, and by the way, they were starting to do all of those things and make bills automatic and, you know, everything online. They were in the process of it. And then she passed away. So she was responsible. But while we're healthy and in our right minds and well, we should be doing that. And I told Craig, I want to update it once a year and make sure that everything is laid out and is specific and clear. Another thing I want to talk about is the end of life costs with the funeral, with the, you know, casket, if that's something you want to do, if uh, the luncheon um, after the funeral, you have to figure out if you have money for this. It costs a lot of money. End of life costs in New York State come to $30,000. Okay, so it's not... It's not cheap. It's cheaper in other states, I will say that, but it's not cheap here. So you have to think about if you have the money for that, and if your kids have the money for that, right? If your surviving spouse has the money for that, and you know, do you wanna go into the whole funeral casket whole thing, or do you wanna go the cheaper route for $2,000 and get cremated? You know, you, you have to make these decisions ahead of time. And that's something that this whole situation taught me because personally, I don't want a funeral. I don't even know if I want a memorial. I'll be honest, it'll probably happen anyway. But I'm cool if someone wanted to do a memorial for me over Zoom and take an hour out of people's day or less. I'm I'm good with that or nothing, you know, or nothing or take my ashes and spread them on somewhere wherever people see fit or my husband sees fit. I'm good with that too. I don't want my husband to incur all those end of life costs. That's something that I already know. I I don't want the funeral and the casket and the hearse. I hate to say it, but I was kind of adding up (laughs) all the money, not that I was paying for it. When you look at the flower arrangements and you look at how much organization and all the people working at the funeral home, and that's excellent, God bless them. But, you know, I think a lot of those costs can be cut dramatically. So, but then you may be someone who who wants all that, like my mom, right? My mom wanted the funeral, she wanted the mass, uh, she wanted the casket and the mausoleum, and the family wanted the luncheon. So I get it, you know, that's fine too. But just make sure you are financially prepared for it, because I'm telling you, it's not cheap. So those are my practical words of wisdom to you. I hope this episode wasn't too sad. I don't feel sad. And I just feel like my mom has moved on in her journey and she's still connecting with me. In fact, she's connecting with me more. I feel like she's in my life more now and she's with me all the time. And also I forgot to add that I took her dog. The dog is now living with me. His name's Bentley and he's pretty cute causes a lot of trouble and I swear to God my parents lied to me because they told me this dog is eight and a half and I swear he's not even eight weeks because he acts like a puppy um (laughs) times 10 (laughs) I'm constantly taking things out of his mouth or telling him to get down from somewhere or do this or do that so you know he, he has a lot of energy I will say that but he's the newest part of our family we love him and he's fitting in pretty well considering his big adjustment. And that 
was a gift that I was able to give to my mom to help her to pass on to the next life. And that's a gift I'd want for myself, right? Your pets are a huge deal. They're family. They're family. And God forbid anything happens, you want them to move on with their lives in the best way possible. So I'm happy I could give that gift to my mom and to my dad because I think Bentley is in a much better place with us and he's happy and he's with other dogs. So that's also been an unexpected gift for me. I know that my mom is there with Bentley and I know there's going to be times where Bentley is just staring at something. It's probably my mom. And I also know that my mom is here with me today listening to this episode. She has, that I know of, never listened to an episode. She did not know I podcasted. And I know she'd be really happy and proud. And mom, this is dedicated to you. You've taught me so much. You will continue to teach me. You are teaching my listeners so much today as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, my mom liked money. She liked to shop online. So check out freespiritpodcast.com to, um, <laughs> to uh, yeah, I had to add that, right? My mom would love that. She's, she's laughing right now. Oh, I wanted to say something else before I close this out. I just wanted to say this because this was really meaningful to me is, um, well, first of all, yes, go on freespiritpodcast.com, take a look at my products and take a look at my new sponsorship program, which is so affordable and so good. And I know you guys are going to love it. If you're a business owner, if you're in the metaphysical spiritual world, please take a look. Go to freespiritpodcast.com backslash sponsor. And yeah, I just wanted to say that I had a dream last night. My mom was there. She looked in great health. She was a great weight. She was happy. She was walking around. She was smiling. And I kept telling her in the dream, I said, mom, you've got to sit down. You've got to sit down. You, you know, cause I would tell her that in real life, you know, you're, you're unstable. You're not healthy. You, you can't stand up. You've got to sit down. And she was just walking around going, look, Jennifer, I'm good now. I'm fine now. I'm, I, I can walk. I'm happy. I'm healthy. And I can tell. And by the way, I had a brother who died in 1979, who was her biological son, her and my dad. And I know she is with him right now. I know she's with him. And that was probably an amazing reunion, reuniting with your two-year-old son who passed away. I can't imagine. So yeah, I know my mom's in a good place. And I'm just, I am so happy that she didn't suffer for weeks and months and years. So I'm, or suffer more, I should say. I'm, I'm happy that she came to a happy conclusion. And I felt it in my dream last night. And um, I love you, mom. Until next time, mom, you got to live your life two inches off the ground. And listeners, until next time, live your life two inches off the ground. <laughs>